Welcome to another Pint with Shawnee B. This has been a long day. I'm about to do my fourth podcast in one day, which I've never done before, but I'm very happy that I have a real fucking lunatic with me to do it with. I'm still in Sarajevo, and uh, I've been very privileged to uh, meet one of the kings of music here, um, a guy who uh, I guess was one of the founders of punk rock, but one of the guys who believed, and there's a lot of sad stories out of out of Sarajevo particularly and Bosnia of course during the war but this guy kind of kicked ass during the war and we're going to talk a little bit about um, what he did then how he got there his name is Bore um, we've we've been drinking so um, we're both a little bit pissed welcome to the yeah. podcast Bore thank you let's do a clink of glasses yeah we're drinking fine uh, red wine made by a Scottish person uh, which is the first problem and uh, <laughs> the second but problem it was made in Serbia it was made so. in Serbia which is another problem but anyway uh, we're drinking <laughs> Scottish Serbian wine uh, and uh, we're going to have a have a little chat Bore is um, a, a guy who uh, founded a band called Sictor right yeah. Is that the best place to start, or do you want to talk a bit about how you got to that point and we we'll come back to that? I don't know. I mean, whatever you like. Yeah, I think I started playing music when I was 15 with another band, but that was how many years ago? 85. Yeah. Um, but with Sictor, we started in 1990. Because so Sictor are a band that they they were like a kind of a punk band that graduated into rock and and lots of different and yeah so things. funk and, and whatever. So they Disco started they started as a punk rock band and I, I was reading up just in preparation for this interview uh, and I found out that Sictor means buzz off right. So my my Irish uh, heckles were immediately saying well that's not very punk rock. Yeah. You know you want to call your band fuck off. Yeah, but exactly what it means. It may, it, Was it just people being polite? It's thing? a Turkish word. Right. In Turkish, it means fuck off. It, mm. It's it's a really rude word. In right. Bosnia, it lost... It, it was sanitized. Yeah, it was sanitized, yes. <laughs> As a lot of things are. <laughs> it's not so, that rude, but, but it's rude enough. So so, so Sikter means uh, buzz... Let's just say buzz off, because we're a family show. Yeah. Uh, and we're all getting old. But he, this was back in the day, around 1990, when he was a much younger man, and he was... He has a great story about how they first took the stage. Tell me that story. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we were not a band, actually. We were, like, you know... Just a few friends who who were into music. Yeah, uh, we we had different bands, and and uh, you know, this time was very uh, interesting time in 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 the former Yugoslavia, because during the eighties we had very good bands and and very good music, new wave and uh, right. and all the eighties stuff. I love eighties, and then in the beginning of the nineties it, it became you know. Our country was falling apart, and uh, the music scene was falling apart, and we have this new wave of bullshit. Bullshit, exactly. And new bands who have nothing to say, you know, they just copy, copy paste yeah. thing, you know. Cover versions all the way, all that shit. And, you know, they make their own music, but it's actually just a copy of some. Right other music so and we were just listening uh, we were in a gig and then we were listening uh, one very very boring band and 
we just looked at each other and we said, let's get on the stage and so I, tell I, I, these I, people to fuck off. Yeah. And, and, and that's exactly what we did. We and you said, let's get on the stage. I think they stormed the stage would be a better word. Yeah, yeah, so, we did. So you kicked the band that was on the stage off the stage. Yes. What exactly. did the crowd do? During the, their gig. During their gig. Yeah. So this is very punk rock. And what, <laughs> what did the crowd do? Well, they, they loved it. <laughs> they loved but it. But you never played together. No, no. So no, what did you no. sing? I invented some stuff, you know. <laughs> I, I just I just sang some words, you know. And, and all the guys picked up. The guys, they picked up and... You just made a lot of noise. We made made a lot of noise, but it was it was much better than this other band. So what did the other band so do? They got off the stage and then <laughs> nothing. They did nothing. Did you they know, watch they, you? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, do they think I, they were going to get think, beaten up? I think they left. They I left. Think, and what did the I, manager of the establishment do? Uh, well, the manager of the establishment was a friend of mine, so ah. so he didn't, didn't do anything. So this is how a band we got, got away born. with it. And, and by the way, this band that was born by storming a stage <laughs> impromptu and without any plan other than the music is shit tonight, we're going to storm the stage, is still going in 2016, <laughs> 26 years yeah, later. Yeah, exactly. As Sichter, which is what they just told the other band to do. So this is one of the great rock music yeah. stories of all time. Yeah, it, it was And by cool. the way, for anyone listening who thinks this might have been just a joke, these guys ended up becoming one of the big fucking rock acts of this region, <laughs> right? Well, yeah. Tell I mean, me, I'm going to stick with the story. What happened the next day when you woke up with your hangovers? Well, actually, we, we did a couple of shows. It was also a strange story because our drummer used to be a singer of another band, right. which was like a very perspective young band. Yeah. But they were falling apart at that moment. Right. And mm. so they were being invited for some gigs, you know. Yeah. And uh, they were always calling this guy, who was our drummer, they were you. asking him, you know, to bring his perspective young band, you know, to play, and they, he would bring us <laughs> instead of them. <laughs> That's how we actually started. <laughs> really. This is fucking great. So, and at what point did you start thinking you might write some music? <laughs> During the war. Right. Really, really. No, but like what, all so the did you go play these gigs just going up with... Uh, you, you know, practice uh, we, we, we had a, a friend who was a really good musician and he had a really good band. He played in, in one venue all the time. It was called Cabaret. And he always used to, used to tell us, you know, I love you guys. You remind me of... You are exactly the same like Zappa who yeah. can't play. Yeah. So we were like Frank Zappa who can't play. <laughs> but what you were so, did you did you get a, a quick fan base then? Well, yeah. I mean, we had some fans, but then it fell apart again. Our drummer, this guy I mentioned before, he lost his uh, right hand. Not good for a drummer during the yeah. And so he stopped. Although there is a famous drummer from Def Leppard. Yeah, yeah, but he he still plays drums now. But then he went to the United States to to get some surgery, and now he's got this prosthetic arm, and and he he plays drums now with the prosthetic today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we lost the drummer. We lost the drummer. So we 
got another drummer, then we got another guitar player, and then this guitar player left. And then it, it was crazy time during the war. But then it was the time to really say something. I felt I had something to say. That's when we started writing songs. Before you start actually writing songs, mm-hmm. was were all your gigs just different? Do you just turn up? Yeah, we we were doing just crazy shows. You know, we were doing cover versions of some famous songs with with our own word, words, right? Some very nasty words. I won't <laughs> mention now the lyrics, but there was a an anarchy to you, which people yeah, liked. exactly. The, our our mission in the beginning was just to turn it know, upside down yeah turn it upside down and yeah. you know to to say fuck you you yeah. know to, to all these musicians who were doing this this fucking boring music you know yeah so so then at some point you said oh, no let's actually this is now getting a bit big so let's yeah. start yeah. treating so it a bit let, more professionally let, but no not really not really no. not really we it, it's just that we felt that we had something to say Right. And so we wanted to say something. If we want to say something, then we have to say it properly. Right. We won't. We so won't. when the war started breaking out, was that fodder for your band? Was that? Was that, was that in like the beginning of the war, we were still making jokes. You know, right. we were making these horrible songs. I, you know, about. No, no, I, w- I won't. I won't <laughs> yeah. mention about what, but it was really crazy, and yeah. um, and then. Like a year after the war started, we started doing some serious stuff. So right. that's 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 when we started. And then an MTV crew came in '94. They they did a reportage about our gig. It was played in the UK. And then in '95, when we went to London, we we did our first music video, and we were like the first band from Bosnia was shown on UK MTV and then and, and, and that's how it started you know to uh, be, before we get to bigger. before we get to 95 because the war was pretty much over then but what tell yeah. me what you were you were a very big part of the sort of underground so Sarajevo was under siege for about five years where people you know were getting shot every day just going out to get their bread but you were you were pioneering a kind of a an underground scene where the the city could still maybe breathe breathe music and stuff. Tell me what it was like doing that. It was very strange, you know. I can tell you a story about our first gig in the war. A friend of ours who had another band organized uh, a gig in in one place which used to be like a concert venue before the war, but during the war it became shelter for refugees. And somehow he got this permission to get the refugees out for one day and make it again like a Gig. concert venue. Yeah, yeah. And and he got some gasoline for for the generator because there was no electricity. And uh, we had this gig, you know, four bands, and okay, we play. And we were the third band, and his band, the guy who organizes the concert, yeah. his band was... Headline. Headline, yeah. Right. So, and as I was going up on the stage, there was this uh, curtain, yeah. and behind the curtain, it was behind the stage, I saw a family of these refugees who didn't want to leave for that yeah. day. They were having a dinner. They were having, like, 
you know, cancer deed. And, you know, a mother, father and a child, yeah. uh, you know, with a, with, a, with a candle. They were, you know, having a dinner and we were playing, you know. In here, front of them. In front of them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a strange scene. And then we did our gig and it was great. It was... And then why, why was this? these guys' band is <coughs> coming on the stage, yeah. the headliners, and the power goes off, oh, no. goes out, no, no power. What happened? Somebody stole the gasoline from the oh, from the from the generator. So, so you so ended up headlining. Didn't, didn't play at all, these guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, was, why was that was our first war gig? I didn't, yeah. Tell me why people played music like that and were rebellious and tried to keep we have we talked about it earlier yeah yeah we talked <coughs> about it earlier yeah I, it's 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 those two magical hours you know you get some gasoline you get the generator running you get some electricity you power the, the amps the guitars you have uh, this club called obala how many people <coughs> would turn up 100 to 150 right, it's okay. a small club but then for those two hours when we play it's it's like magic it's it's you know it's like you're in paris or dublin london wherever you know it's it's the same it's escapism. you know young people having fun you know musicians playing yeah. and you know everybody's happy and you completely forget where you are and when you get on the street again then you realize okay I'm I'm back again this was something you never envisaged doing in your life is that fair or not? of course it's fair I mean I've never I've, I had never envisaged I mean I was a musician before the war but I was a civil engineering student <laughs> you know yeah. if there hadn't been for the war I would have never become a professional musician yeah you know I, I would have been a good Engineer, good engineer. <laughs> I don't know if I would be good engineer, but yeah. I would be good, good son to my father who wanted me to become. A... You also have to tell the story about the skiing. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and that's that's the time also when I started making films, and um, you know, skiing is is like. The greatest thing in my life. I, I love skiing, you know. And me and a friend of mine who also loves skiing. Of course, we couldn't get out of the city because we were. So most of the ski slopes in uh, Sarajevo are about, you know, twenty thirty minutes drive out of the city. Bosnia has some of the greatest skiing in in, in Eastern Europe, and it actually hosted the Olympics in nineteen eighty four. Yeah, right? exactly. In Sarajevo, um, way before the war started. So so suddenly you have a guy who's a really keen skier, but he can't actually get out of his own city to ski because yeah. the city is ringed by Serbian troops who are bombing and shooting people every day. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, so I actually, I dreamt about skiing all the time. <laughs> of course, I couldn't do it. And then we got this VHS-C camera, small camera, and uh, I said to my friend, let's go ski on the streets of Sarajevo. <laughs> There was some snow, let's go, and let's put on some sunglasses, and we, a friend of ours, he shot the video yeah. of two of us skiing, carelessly, you know, and the snipers were shooting, the shells were landing, 
actually, you know, you saw the video. I did. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was, it was the, with the actual sound. But yeah. at that time, we did it. We did an overdub with some nice music. No, better with the sound. And, but no, it's better now. But at that time, it yes. was better for me to watch myself skiing with some nice music. Oh, I see. Because you hear that every day. Yeah. Uh, and that was. My, so the dream, video, my dream being recorded on video. So, the vi- so sorry, Abe, obviously gets another <coughs> snow. So it was a snowy day, and they went out in. And like anyone who moves around Sarajevo at the time gets shot at from on high by, by snipers. And yeah. these guys went out and decided to ski down in front of every sniper in the region who did, who did start taking pot shots at them. And uh, this was uh, one of the crazy videos. <laughs> now, for those of you who are thinking he's just a crazy guy, um, it, it started to get uh, pretty interesting because the band became pretty famous. Yeah, first we we went uh, to Amsterdam, actually first to London, and then to Amsterdam in '95, before the end of the war, with some theatre troupe, and then we started. You playing got stranded there. Yeah, we got stranded there. We we couldn't go get back because uh, the airport was shut down. So we decided to stay in Amsterdam. We stayed there for a whole year, and we played all around Europe. Had and you had an album by this stage? No, no, no. But you had your own songs now. In the yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, we had many of our own songs. Right. And then we played one gig in Amsterdam, and it was some charity gig. Brandina was there. And he watched us, you know. And then he published a book. And then he wrote about us in his book. He was quite impressed with our performance. So for those who don't know, Brian Eno is probably one of the greatest uh, producers of music and makers of music in the last uh, 40 years. Produced a lot of U2's work. And uh, David always Bowie, a, David Bowie, yeah. always a guy who's looking for um, kind of avant-garde stuff as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So did you approach him? No, not actually. He, he approached us. You know, he, we were very glad that he wrote about us in his book, but we never approached. But then we had a couple of gigs in the, in stadiums in Italy with the with the big Italian uh, rock star Vasco Rossi, and. Um, First, we played in, in Milan, San Siro Stadium, in front of 120,000 people. It was the first two gigs. And then Vasco, he said, wow, you are great, and this was great. You know, I had this crazy idea, you know. Vasco is like Bon Jovi or Bruce Springsteen in oh, Italy. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, I told him, listen, Vasco, we started by chasing off a band... You know. It's crazy. <laughs> what What do you think if you have your own gig, you know, and it's a huge gig in in, in a stadium, you know, with with the hundreds of thousands? Of yeah, and I say, what if in the middle of your concert we came on stage, <laughs> take the instruments from your musicians, and I chase you off the stage, and I sing one of your songs? He said, okay, great. And, and that. that's what we did, actually. <laughs> and the whole stadium sang with us. It was really great. I, I, like, there's so many people <laughs> who want to be a rock star. You just fell into it. Yeah, yeah. What was exactly. your head like at this stage? <laughs> I don't did know. Did you have a massive ego or were you going, no. Was it all a bit of a joke to you or what? It was, it was. Right. You know, I, 
I told this him as a joke. How many band members had you got? How many band members had you got then? Four. There was okay, four. Okay, but were you all thinking we're just going to get found out, or what? did you believe in yourselves? Did you think you were? What, what, what was your headspace like? Uh, well, we <laughs> we thought we were good. We were quite good, but okay. not as good as you know, the hype. like to play in front of hundred thousand of Vascos yeah, fans, man. you know, yeah. and take the instruments away from this yeah. huge rock star and then we play one of his songs you know and, and he, he loved it he was yeah, and they even offered us a, a record deal with EMI and, and everything you know and we were stupid enough to, to refuse it we said <laughs> we don't want to be slaves you know really okay. said, yeah yeah which plays to your whole stick. We were really rebels at the yeah. time, so we said, no, fuck off. We don't <laughs> want any EMI, you know. And it's very reminiscent of um, Spinal Tap. Yeah, <laughs> I love Spinal Tap. It's my favourite mockumentary yeah, yeah, of all time. But you know, if, if you tried to do what you guys did, for real, <laughs> yeah. you'd never have done it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so... So you it's turn, a very good so you're, point. <laughs> you're cranking it up to eleven. Right? Yes, yes, <laughs> As they say yes, yes eleven. Um, <laughs> and, and 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 Brian Eno is now on top. It's out of control. It's it's crazy. So Brian Eno said, "Yeah, I'm going to produce your first album." And yes, and he okay. did, and we and we also thought it was a joke, mm. you know. But actually, it came later because in '97. The rumors started that you two would come to Sarajevo, that they wanted us to be the support band. Yeah. So, so um, and we said, during, oh, "Fuck during off! You two won't come to Sarajevo. I mean, yeah. How can they organize a, a gig in Sarajevo? Fuck! The war just ended. It was '97. Mm. So during the during, <laughs> during the uh, war, Bono, particularly Bono, not necessarily as usual with the other members of you two, but he was very um, taken with. The inaction and the suffering of what was going on in... in well, you know, I met him in 93, actually. Right. You know, there was this guy called Bill Carter. Yeah. He's uh, from California. But he was making, I don't know what, documentary about you 2 or something. And then they had this tour, satellite, uh, it was Europa. But they had this thing, Satellite of Love. They sang together yeah. with Lou Reed, That's right. his song, Satellite yeah. of Love. And they had uh, these satellite links with people from Sarajevo. It was yes, in I remember, I was at it, I was at it. In different yeah. places. So I had a girlfriend in Stockholm. Mm -hmm. She went to Stockholm at the beginning of the war. Mm -hmm. We were madly in love. And somehow this guy, Bill Carter, found out about this. And he said, what do you think if we had the gig you two gig in 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 uh, Stockholm, and we bring your girlfriend to like this VIP section, and then you appear on the screen from Sarajevo wow. and talk to her, Great. talk to Bono and talk to her, and so we did this. Right. Actually, I proposed to her. I was going to say, I bet you proposed. Bono, <laughs> I, I, I did. No, no, we never got married. <laughs> of course not. No. <laughs> I've been married for 18 years, but to another girl. Did she say, did she say no, or did she say... No, she said yes. She was, like, in tears. It was, you know, I said, okay, I love you. And I, I learned how to say it in Swedish. And right. So I told her, I love you in Swedish, and Lovely. I want to marry you and everything. And wow. Uh, 
And then I said, please, Bono, if you can sing this song called Bad. You know, yeah, I love song that, yeah. For two of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he did. Yeah. And that's how we actually connected for the first time. He knew, he knew who about, I was uh, later in 97. Did he know about Sictor then? No, 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 no. no, no. Okay. Then he didn't know. He, he just knew I was a, I was a guy in Sarajevo right. and uh, she was a girl in Stockholm mm. and we were in love. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's that's our first connection. Yeah. And then in 97, it... it, it yeah, so, so you two were all were, 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 were quite involved. They wrote the famous song Miss Sarajevo, which was sung with Pavarotti. Which I think you have a story about as well, uh, which we can come to. But but um, you two made a pledge that they would play and they would. They were getting some friction because they were patching into into um, Sarajevo every night on the tour, and the edges on record of saying it was wasn't sure about whether it was working because then every that was the only bit that was unscripted of their show every night, and people different people were coming on the screen and it was a war zone and they had to. They just fire up a generator to... But, you know, I, I was really surprised because they came in 97. Yeah. The conditions weren't so great. This but they mark. did the, the whole gig, Pop Mart gig. The big silver lemon. The big lemon with yeah. everything, you know. Yeah. It was a proper show like anywhere yeah. else. So yeah. I was I was really surprised. So, so um, what he's not saying is actually that... Uh, Sictor were one of the support acts that night. Yes, exactly. How did you get? How did you get to become a support act for you two? Well, actually, it was because Brandon wrote about us in his book, yeah. and because Bono knew that I was that guy, uh, that guy from his concert. You still hadn't made an album. No. So this no. is seven years into the band's yeah. existence. Yeah, we <laughs> we had one we had one uh, live album. Were there a lot of bootlegs going around? We had stuff? we had yeah a lot of bootlegs, bootlegs. and we had live, one live album we recorded in Amsterdam in Paradiso, right. but uh, it never got released right. because we had some problems with this guy who organized it all. So you we weren't also making told a lot of fuck off, and so we never. It's very handy song. having a band name called Fuck Off. Because you can just like <laughs> but but uh, but but, uh, but you weren't making much money then, were you? No, not really. Much Who was money. flying you around? We we, we we made much money on when the we gates. were playing around Europe during ninety five ninety six when we played the stadiums in Italy. That was nice. But then later, not really. And then uh, Pavarotti opened a music uh, music center in Mostar, yes. which is two Mostar hours is away from one of Sarajevo. the second biggest cities in Bosnia. And uh, it was called Pavarotti Music Center with a very nice studio, the whole building with the music school and and, and everything. You know, right. we were invited to play at the opening in the studio. You can fit like 50 people, not more. Okay. But there was Pavarotti, who stood like well, he would have taken in front about, of my face. You he know, would have I taken was, up about five people himself. I was... I was <laughs> <laughs> so, it's only 40, so only 45 people were able to fit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but Pavarotti was standing in front of my face, you know, I was singing to him. And yeah. I was, you know, I was scared. <laughs> <laughs> what were you singing? I was out of tune and all this, you know. And uh, there was Pavarotti, there was Brianino, there was Bono, there was uh, this guy Zucchero, the Italian star. 
Giovanotti, the guy from uh, the guys from the band Doji. Do you remember the no. Doji? No. So we played at this opening, and then Bono came on stage and sang with me actually one of my songs. Really, which is really nice. Great. I, I've got this recording at home. And it was great, you know. He he didn't learn the lyrics. He would he just sang, you know. I, the would. song was the song was called Time and Space. It was in English, you know? right? But he didn't know the lyrics though, so he sang only Sarajevo, Sarajevo. <laughs> but it's it's a nice memory. Yeah. So doesn't matter. We have a DVD with a, with a documentary right. about us, but in in you then you have among the extra section you have this recording of yeah. Bono and me singing together. Brilliant. Did you feel and like... And then after this opening ceremony, after this gig of ours, Brian Eno came to us and said, okay, I will produce your album. Wow. And we said, okay. And summer 98, we started recording. we thought, you know, Brian Eno would never come. You know, we never offered him any money and mm. we didn't have any money. And then he just came to Mostar mm. and said, okay, let's do it. And he said, okay, let's bring Sinead O'Connor to sing with you. <laughs> Why the <laughs> fuck do we need Sinead O'Connor to sing with us? <laughs> fuck off, Sinead O'Connor. Mind you, Sinead O'Connor is very famous for telling everyone else to fuck off. So that yeah, someone so told her maybe, to. Maybe it would have been a nice combination, maybe. But yeah. so we, we, we didn't do it. <laughs> but we so, did this album. So there was, was, there, was, was there an album deal? No. And there was no money for Eno? Mm-mm. And what I read was you, you were in production for six months. No, actually, we were we 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 recorded for one month, for one month, and then after you know, it took two years to get it published. Right, it took two years. We Did he help get it published? In Ninety-eight, and we published in two thousand. Did he help get it published? Mm-mm. No, he just said, "I'm no. doing the." Okay, so for anyone who's still listening, this is a crazy ride. Uh, this band, <laughs> this band started it's, it's, in 1990. It's a good point about the Spinal Tap. You know. Our story sounds like Spinal Tap. Story. They didn't have their first album for <laughs> ten years, <laughs> and their first album was produced by Brian Eno. All right, go figure. Uh, did you like the album? Yeah, it was. Did it sell? It was like? the best album. You had fans who were now having children. It's <laughs> <You know? laughs> going, when are they making an album? Did it sell a lot? No, not no. really. Not really. Was but it only we played on sale? A lot. We played a lot. We played a lot of gigs, but... Can you still buy the album on Amazon? And stuff? I'm not sure. I, you can buy it on iTunes, maybe. Right. On you iTunes still get the occasional check for 28 Dollars, yeah, I yeah. get I get some royalties and you know it's, I know I get like two thousand pounds a year, something like that. What's the name of the album for any of my listeners who want to buy it on iTunes? Now, always, never. Now, always, never. The band did go on to start making some more albums, so the, the, yeah, we, we did record. They're not a one-hit wonder. Four other albums, yeah. yeah. Four, I, again, albums. I keep having to come back to your mindset. Okay, mm-hmm. like this is absolutely nuts. You've, you've you've got an album. It took two years to get it. I'm, I'm very surprised, by the way, Brian Eno, if you're listening. 
that for all the work he put into producing, he couldn't have picked up the fucking phone to Warner Music and said, hey, I just produced in your car producer. <laughs> And not leave them high and dry there. But he could have taken a slice. I'm sure he would have given you sixty percent and tell you to fuck off after that. But but he came back. He came back in two thousand. Right. There was a gig also in Mostar, and uh, this guy, uh, what was his name? Andy Horace. He, he played with Massive Attack. Yes. Yeah. That's right. And Brilliant band. And we played together with him. Right. And Brian Eno appears. Oh, hey, hi. How's hi, the album hi, going? Hi. We haven't How's got it released yet, you bastard. Let's play a song together. And, we, and then we did play, right. actually, one of, one of the songs from the album. Right. And he played the keyboards and sang the backing vocals. Really? He remembered the song. <laughs> he produced. Producers tend to like they listen to it so often. Um, so, so the first album's appeared. Uh, you're, you're not, it's not selling that well, but you're still gigging all over... I mean, the war is well finished. Yeah. We're now in the 2000s, so different music, kind of rap and hip-hop. Then we released a disco album. Brilliant. In of course you did. So they gone totally opposite <laughs> of everything we did before. <laughs> it was a disco album. This would be like uh, the Sex Pistols suddenly releasing it was a called, sort of ABBA-like album. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it was called Queen of the Disco. Really? <laughs> yes, the album. Now, that Okay, so how how much of this whole story was is, is ironic? <laughs> Were you constantly trying to just see how far you could before everyone told you to fuck? Well, off? you you gave the reference. It was the spinal, spinal tap. tap. Yeah. That's 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 the best reference. How were your bandmates doing all this? How are you, how are you getting on with your bandmates? Because well, if you go to the Wikipedia, there's 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 like forty <laughs> different bandmates. <laughs> We changed a lot, <laughs> but yeah, we, 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 no, when you we, sit we down got after, on with it. We, right. It was it was like a natural flow. You know, were you having fun? We were having fun, yeah. And this this album, it was a hit. Really? Yeah, I mean, this song it was like the top of the charts in, in Serbia in Bosnia and you know in the countries of the region it was called Shaken 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 this song yeah did you start making money then? not really we never <laughs> we never made any money so don't ask me about okay. money anymore <laughs> but clearly by choice <laughs> did the guy did the guys in the band <laughs> The guys in the band believe in the band. Yeah, right. But you all they still do. I mean, they still, still, they still play. By the way, they played three days ago. <laughs> just, just to be clear about this, I hope some of you are still with us and haven't switched off. Think it's a joke. But it's crazy when you when you when you watch our gig in 2016. We choose, you know, songs from different periods. Yeah, from your own of your own songs. Of our yeah. own songs, you know, and then. You know, one song is like, it's like punk. The other song is, yeah, yeah, it's like falsettes, you know. It's a bit like you too, really. It's crazy, you know. It's you know, when I think, you know, if I was in in the audience, I would be really confused. As my audience are. Did did the. You, did I also read you did some hip hop and stuff like that? You started getting into that. Well, yeah, a bit, <laughs> yeah, a, bit. a bit, a bit of everything, really. It was a bit of hip hop, a bit of disco, a bit of 
soul, fun, heavy metal. Brilliant. The last album was like like a hard rock album. Right. Know, the last one. Which was your favorite? But <laughs> the first one. The first right. one is my favorite because we put the most energy into it. Mm. Really. It was, you, you know, producer. we we played for eight years and we we wanted to to get everything out and we chose the best 11 songs we had at that time and we had Brian Eno and you know it was really I don't think this has ever been done ever in the history of music <laughs> and I know you're it's probably normal for you but I'm sitting here just like half cut in Sarajevo going what <laughs> this guy winding me up so so I don't want to finish in the band because I know you do lots of other stuff, and I want to talk about that. But so, so the the um, the band is still going. Yeah. We're not going to talk about money. You made four albums. You're still gigging. People still call you up. Yeah. And they're pretty big. I mean, you were you were launching the museum here last week, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, yeah. it's a, it was the big gig of yeah. the night in Sarajevo. But how do you look back? How do you look back on that period of your life? Because you're about my age, right? We're in our four, late forties, right? Yeah. You know, I we have this documentary about us, and all of us, we said in the documentary, we we've always come so close to be like massive. You two, yeah. or or Lou Reed, or yeah. whoever. We touched that, you know, and we felt that. And we worked with the the best people in the business, but we never experienced it really is it regret then no it's not regret no I I don't regret really because this is very strange story I love I love strange stories so I mean I'm not starving I I can earn some money so (laughs) (laughs) tell me about the other things I don't care about being rich you're also a filmmaker you're a writer yeah yeah, you're a, a guy who I think I'm a I'm a I'm a lucky guy. I'm a lucky guy and I'm a happy guy because I do what I love. I right. love making documentaries. I yeah. love writing and I love music. And what's your I, new I project do, that you're working on? It's a it's a new project or a music project uh, with a friend of mine. He plays, he actually plays with uh, with Darko Rundek, who is a like a big Croatian star. And uh, they have a trio, still playing. Then this guy, this friend of mine, he plays everything. He plays piano. He plays drums. He plays uh, accordion. He mm-hmm. plays, you know, he's a super talented musician. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, two of us, we've known each other for like thirty-five years or something. Right. Like a year ago, we decided, oh yeah, let's make some songs. You know, and we, I have this studio at home. And, we started making some songs and we realized it's something interesting, something different. We are making a music video for our first single, so right. oh, we, I think in a month or something we will release the first single. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, I have uh, some friends in London who are musicians and they are very good musicians and they have studios and everything. And I sent them this the, the, this song. And they said, wow, it's a great song, it's great, right. but you need to mix it. And I said, well, it's mixed. <laughs> said, but it's not mixed. <laughs> no, it's mixed. Right. This is this is, the, this mix. is the way you want it. <laughs> this is the way I want it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
My first guest, uh, my so. first guest on the show is a guy called Mundy, who I hope is listening to this because he loved this. But uh, but Mundy, <laughs> Mundy had the same problem. He 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 lost his contract with with Sony, and he he, he put out three. <laughs> He recorded three discs and mixed them, and he went into EMI and said, "Will you release this for me?" Because he's very famous in Ireland, like you are here. Yeah. And they said uh, it needs to be mixed, and he goes, "No, it's mixed." <laughs> 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 All I need to do is make the DVD and put it out there because they want money for the mixing. Yeah, Yeah, that's what they want. They want money for the mixing. (laughs) You're also working on a sitcom. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm doing like a million of different projects. I'm I'm writing a sitcom with with two friends of mine. It's for the Croatian market actually because in Bosnia there's no money. Right. Well, good luck with that. This was yeah. uh, I, one of the strangest and uh, funniest <laughs> podcasts uh, I've done. I've just, I, to, I said at the start that I've done four today. This is my fourth, and, and this was the best way to finish. Uh, Bore, thank you for coming on a pint with Shawnee B, and uh, let's go back and drink some more and have a few more laughs. Thank you. Look out so, for yourself, buddy. Let's have some more drinks. <laughs> Cigarettes. <laughs>